for hope. Real Talk is a podcast that features prominent figures in the music industry and beyond about deep personal truths and things they wished others would talk about but generally don't. This week's podcast is with Lindsay Kirkendall. Lindsay is awesome and I was inspired to interview her through her marketing on Instagram where she talked about creating a podcast called Revolutionize where she's planning to revolutionize the music industry inside and out, especially for women. I'm a music business consultant. I'm an artist coach. I'm also an artist myself. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. I'm a lot of things. (laughs) There's a lot of hats going on here. Um, But primarily, and for the purposes of this conversation, um, I'm, I'm a music business consultant. I help primarily... I do work with men, but I I market primarily to women and female artists, helping them build businesses that are not just profitable and consistent in their profitability, but also businesses that are designed to help female artists feel successful holistically. So often when we think about the traditional music industry model and the way that they've really designed you know, the kind of hoops that you have to jump through in order to be a success, quote unquote, it's often requiring the artist to fit themselves into a mold that they might not necessarily fit into perfectly and really amputate parts of themselves to fit into the system. Whereas what I do is I really help artists connect to the truth of who they are and what they're here to do in the world holistically as a human being, music being a part of that and building a business structure that really serves them as a, as a woman and, and serves their goals for their life, you know, across the board, not just what your goals are for your career and, and your professional success. I I love that. So what is something that you think women face? I mean, I know from my perspective, but what is from your perspective, something women face that is not ideal that we want to kind of change. Yeah. So there's quite a few, but I think for me, and, and this is just a part of my own journey that I also find is really prevalent with women across the board, regardless of if they're like 24 or 54 is this ageism thing. Um, you know, because we live in a world where the music industry is this post-industrial, overly product-focused model and economy, um, what has happened is that we've had to, like I just said, overly focus on the product of music and the artist is a part of that, right? So it's not just the product of the music, but it's also the product of the artist. And we're actually productizing people um, versus letting them be people, letting them be human beings that evolve and whatever. And so it's really easy when you're a woman because we're beautiful, you know, like we're attractive beings just from a feminine energetic place. Like we 
are very attractive beings. And so I think because of this need to create products to generate revenue inside this old paradigm, women have fallen into that more than men. And so this is like getting really esoteric, so bear with me. But because um, because we've also in our culture placed a lot of emphasis on youth and beauty, the product lifespan of a female we've all kind of bought into is like only when she's young and quote unquote beautiful. And it's just a really shitty move on the part of the music business as a whole. And I've had these conversations actually a lot recently because I've spoken with a number of women that are over 45 and 50 that are still pursuing careers as musicians. And, um, and I see it in, in young women too, in twenties and thirties where they're like, Oh my God, I'm 33 and I'm over the hill and I've missed my chance to have a music career. And I'm like, look, the reality is, is that if women over the eight, wait, no, let me say it this way. If women under the age of 30 are the only ones that are allowed to have a music career, then we are only ever going to get songs from the perspective of women who have had very limited life experience. We're often not going to, that means we're missing out on songs of women who have been married and had children and suffered loss and have had just a a much more deeper, richer experience of life just simply because they've lived longer and have done more things. And it robs not just the female artists from having a chance to feel like they can do what they love beyond the age of 30, but it also robs the female consumer of music because they no longer have anyone that's writing music that's telling their stories. You know, so for for me, like I'm a mom of two, I'm in my 30s, Um, as much as I love pop music and like songs about, you know, fun things that 22 year olds want to sing about, it's not necessarily going to resonate with me 100% of the time and they're not necessarily telling my stories. So it's really important that women start to take back their power and really understand the value that they bring to the musical landscape and the human experience as a whole by continuing to make music beyond 25. (laughs) No, I love, I love this. Like you have no idea. I think my friends and I have discussed this a lot. And uh, so I have several questions around it. Like, uh, first off, what, who are some artists that are older women that you really respect? Because I actually know a lot of older women that have killed it. And, but who are some that you appreciate that you really like? Oh gosh. Well, a big one for me recently has been Jennifer Nettles. And I always laugh. I'm like, I'm not actually really a fan of her singing. I don't really love her singing voice, (laughs) which sounds like kind of shitty, but Hey, it's the truth. Like not everybody is for everybody. Right. So, you know, she, and I'm not really a huge like pop country fan, especially with stuff that's been getting put out in the last decade. But, um, but her writing is phenomenal. Like the stuff that she's releasing. And I released a cover of a song called Stupid Girl that she wrote years ago. I released it last fall. Um, And I've been sitting on that song myself for two years, just trying to find the perfect way to, to release it into the world in a way that felt in alignment with me artistically. But the way that she writes is very, very, um, 
specific to the female experience after a certain age. And so I appreciate the way that she writes. Um, and then of course, like, I mean, I'm a child of the eighties, so I love Madonna <laughs> and like Bonnie Raitt and Melissa Etheridge and a lot of those women that were kind of the ones that slipped through the cracks proverbially, like they, they were able to have successful mainstream careers beyond the age of 30 or whatever. I still love those women. Celine Dion is like, you know, she's my, my hero for sure. I was thinking Shakira too. Shakira. Is Shakira. In her yes. Awesome. Um, still running. And JLo is in her fifties, right? JLo is and still rocking the Super Bowl. These are two women that are in their forties and fifties who are yeah. phenomenal. Right. So that, that are still rocking it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I have a question for, on a personal level, like did you, and if you want to share, just cause this is kind of like, like a sharing podcast, but have you ever experienced ageism in your career? Mm. Like, you have moments where like, and at what moment did you decide you really wanted to create this program? Like at what, what straw broke the camel's back? Oh, that's such a good question. So I would say that I have never experienced direct ageism because part of my story um, and you can actually get like the detailed version on my podcast for those of us that are listening and interested in like the full enchilada. But part of my story is that I knew that I wanted to live a creative life, be an artist, do creative things and have enough space to do that and also be a mom. So for me, there was no, those were always mutually exclusive. There was no one without the other. And I had to find a way to create a business for myself that allowed me to do both to the degree that I wanted to do them. I didn't want to have, like we homeschool our kids part-time. I didn't want to have kids and then not see them five days a week. I really wanted to enjoy my experience of motherhood. And so not just in my journey to creating this program, but also in my journey of wrestling with the themes of ageism because although I didn't have a lot of direct experience when I was in my younger 20s and trying to like pursue an artist career, although I didn't really pursue it that long, um, I didn't experience it that way, but it was always something that was in the back of my mind because it was imprinted on us. And I think it's imprinted on all of us because it's like a representation thing, right? So I have um, a goddaughter who's biracial and I remember talking to her dad who's black and he was saying how important it was just to have a black woman in the White House for his daughter, right? Because representation is so important. And in the same way, I could identify as like a white middle-class woman to a degree with that idea because I never saw women like myself over a certain age represented in mainstream music, unless it was in this like odd niche, you know, it wasn't mainstream. And so I think we all just kind of adopt this idea that without being overtly told that once you get to a certain age, you just don't have a music career anymore. You kind of just fetter out into obscurity. It's weird, right? So that would be my experience with ageism is just more of like this subconscious 
reality that that is the nature of what I'm up against trying to build a business and, and trying to become an artist or whatever. And then, so, and on a more personal note, that is kind of what has been a driving force behind me finding a way to create a business that serves all parts of myself and teaching others how to do the same. Because I know if it's, I'm not a lone wolf in this. I know that there are other women and I work with them every day that are out there going, okay, whether they want to be a mom or not, it's not even about motherhood alongside of an artist career. It's about having an artist career and just having a life, you know, because we're not just artists 24 seven. We also have, whether it's wanting to have babies or wanting to have a pet or wanting to travel the world with a partner or whatever, there are other things we want to be able to do with our lives that we have to be able to create a business that we, that serves what we love, you know, that allows us to do what we love and also pays us what we're worth so we can have a life that we enjoy. Right. So that was kind of my internal process of really coming to a place of building this business and supporting other artists and doing the same. I absolutely love that. I have definitely faced ageism head on. I've been told, uh, by several, and it's always men. Uh, I don't think a woman has told me this. I don't think so. But yeah, they they like give me a certain timeline that I have. Like they're like, okay, you got a couple more years. Like that's mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. it's been uh, interesting experience, you know. Um, so I'm really appreciate that you're doing this. This is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's go dive in a little more on the personal side. So what I always ask this question is uh, what's one of the hardest things you've been through and how did you get through it? Hmm. One of the hardest things I've been through, gosh. Um, I would say, <laughs> I'm like, you've caught me in a very esoteric mood today, Alethea. Um, I would say the hardest thing that I've been through is just staying committed to my own personal development. You know, I think that being an entrepreneur is an incredibly challenging journey. It's not for the faint of heart, but it is so completely worth it. And as artists in this day and age, we're entrepreneurs. It just is what it is. Um, You know, the record label economy is dying a slow painful death and artists have more power than ever to be able to take matters into their own hands and build their own business and create an audience and monetize their audience and really do it themselves they're in a position where they're able to um hire their team instead of having the team chosen for them like it was in a record label scenario So artists more than ever have all this power and it's so exciting because now we have control and we get to choose how we want to roll out our career and how we want to run our business, et cetera, et cetera. But it requires us to step into our entrepreneurial spirit. And the journey of entrepreneurship um, is challenging because the, the main thing that it requires of you is for you to get really, really healthy internally, (laughs) you know, like your business and your success is always going to be a direct reflection of, um, 
how healthy you are as a person and as a human being and as an individual and being, you know, in being required to heal your money story, you know, and heal your limiting beliefs and deal with the places that you are, you know, maybe not your best and, and press through those things so you can have a business that pays you what you're worth and that allows you to have a full life that isn't limited by anyone else's, you know, ideas of what our life should look like is incredibly challenging. Um, you know, I mean, I could go into like some specifics of why, but I think for the sake of the question, it's just kind of been an overall experience of staying committed and, and believing and holding out the faith that if I keep going, I will, this will result in what I want it to be. And it's, it has been a wild freaking ride, but totally worth it because I couldn't imagine staying stuck in the place that I was emotionally or mentally, um, like at 26, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. It would be, that would be really difficult. I love that. This is so great. I feel like this whole conversation is real talk because yeah, so awesome. Um, so one of the things I always ask people is, I mean, you've already been doing real talk, but like, what is something that you want people to talk about more that they generally don't? Um, I mean, I think that one thing that I wish from a music industry perspective, people talked about more honestly is, is how much, um, like other businesses that are kind of ancillary to the traditional music industry model really don't serve artists. Um, I'd, I'd have so much conversation with people about an artist's career and their trajectory and the things that they're marketed and the way that they're communicated with and the things that they're told that they need in their businesses that really don't serve them. And like, I wish we could just all be honest about the fact that like hiring a radio promoter as an independent artist is a fucking terrible idea. Um, you know, especially when you're just starting out, right? If you're already making a full-time living and you want to throw some cash at PR or radio promo and, and knowing that you are not going to be able to see like a hard ROI, go for it. But if you're just starting out or you're not making a full-time living in your artistry yet, it's a terrible idea. Um, Spotify playlisting, terrible idea. Anything that you typically are being sold online that you see like in marketing messaging for artists are typically very bad ideas because what it's going to do is it's going to take a bunch of your money and not necessarily give you the tools that you actually need to build a business that's going to be consistent and profitable. It's important to understand how to run Facebook ads, sure, but if you can't help that artist get their feet underneath them with a solid foundation of like where they're actually headed then you're just helping them apply strategy, right? And Facebook ads can just be strategy. And 
if you're thinking that you all you need is to figure out how to like run Facebook ads, for example, and then you're going to cross your fingers that enough people like it and someday they're going to buy enough of your music that you're going to be making a good like solid income. It's just it's like it's wishful thinking. It's not really serving artists in a way that gives them the real tools and resources that they need to understand business and understand how to profit as a personal brand. Because really that's what artists are right now. Like with the marketing tools that we have available to us in social media and otherwise, we have to develop a personal brand first and foremost for people to even be interested enough to give the music a chance most of the time. You know, we're not in a world where the interaction that people are having with our work is only an auditory experience. This isn't 25 years ago where only the radio was the thing that we had to interact with new music. Now, a lot of us are finding new music first through the personal brand because they come across an artist online in some other capacity. So they're getting a visual experience or maybe they're reading you know, something that the artist has written or they're watching a video perhaps, but by and large, it's not just auditory. So there's all these other ways that artists are connecting to fans first before the fans often even hear a note. And so when you don't help an artist understand like you are a personal brand, you have to follow a certain set of, I say rules loosely, but understand that like you're swimming in a different pond, right? Like you have to know the rules of engagement of social media for, for it to be effective and for you to effectively grow and engage an audience that you can then monetize. Facebook ads is not going to help you do that. Radio play is not going to help you do that. PR and getting covered in blogs is not going to help you do that. And so it just, it pisses me off to no end to see people that are just throwing gobs and gobs of money at like creating a cool music video. I'm like, you have 500 followers. Do they want you to create a cool music video or did you just throw away a bunch of cash? You know, um, that's the kind of stuff that really like gets me going because even people that are like good hearted PR people and good hearted radio promoters. And I know a lot of them, they're my friends or even people that are like, I'm gonna teach you how to get sync placements like that's not a, a consistent business plan. Why are we telling artists like the dream has moved from getting signed to getting synced? No, <laughs> how many people that pursue sync have actually made a living from it? Let's talk about that first. Second, let's also talk about the fact that like sync is lightning in a bottle odds. And even if you land a major deal and you get 80 grand, that does not sustain you for a lifetime, especially if you have a family. And thirdly, sync is not something that like stays the same. I was having this conversation actually just last night and sync is going to be ever evolving. So unless you are someone that knows that the career path you want to take is someone who writes every day on spec, then as an artist, your main goal should not be getting synced. It should be growing an audience, connecting with the audience, figuring out what they want from you, developing your personal brand and understanding how to monetize your audience. 
and serving them at a really high level. The sink is the icing on the cake, but it's like all these things, radio, sync, PR, da, 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 Spotify playlisting that like people are being force fed, artists are being force fed, like this is what you do. No, none of that helps you build a business that's consistent and profitable. Wow, this is so refreshing for me to hear. I've definitely bought into some of that. I'm not going to lie. Everyone has. Because yeah, it's all we hear. It's all we see. Yeah, it's all we hear. And I was actually just writing an email to my email list last night about um, just like all these messages that we're getting all the time and, and how it's important to kind of slow slow the roll, slow it down and listen to our own hearts, our own truth, because it's just like constant marketing all the time yeah. about everything. So it's a, it's a really interesting economy right now, you know? It is. Um, and artists need to also understand that there's no one size fits all, right? Yeah. Like, no, even if you're two blonde girls with a guitar, you're still going to have very different businesses because you're very different people. Yeah. And so what might like work for one person is not going to necessarily work for the next person because your audiences are different. What your audiences want from you are different. The value that you're providing to your audience is different because it, the value isn't just music. And I think most artists just stop there. They go, well, I'm giving music. That's the value. And it's like, actually, it's not. It's a lot deeper than that. Yeah. The value is who you are. Yeah. The value is like your intrinsic qualities that make you a unique individual yeah. that's the thing that inspires the music that's the thing that creates the environment that whether you and your fans are consciously aware of it or not that's the thing that is connecting them to you that's the thing that's magnetizing them to you is who you are and so that's why I like the social media thing and I love how it's leveled the playing field for artists because if you can get really clear on that and if you can get really connected to the value that you bring to the table just by virtue of who you are as a person yeah. then you don't have any competition because there's only one of you. Yeah. You know? So great. Yeah. Wow. Well, Lindsay, tell, let us, so where can people find you if they want to work for you? I feel like you're, this podcast is going to inspire a lot of people. Yeah. I, the easiest place to find me is Instagram. So it's just at Lindsay Kirkendall. Um, that's where I'm hanging out most of the time is over there. And yeah. I mean, that's the simplest way I do. You can go visit my website, lindsaykirkendall.com. I'm on Facebook as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on most of the places. But if you really do want to catch me and have a conversation, it's going to be on Instagram. Stupid girl, how could you think that you could take those wings and fly so close to the sun? Do you like to fall for fun? Oh, stupid girl How dare you to try To bring your dark to the light To live your life undivided Take your unhappy and hide it
see